Daniel Lesplin joined by two members of Dead Levy. A little bit of a Saskatchewan connection here. We have Dane, we have Taylor, or as they're affectionately known as Remington and Izzy. I love the nicknames. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It uh, keeps us out of trouble sometimes, but it also gets us into trouble just having the names. Well, I can imagine. Like, I remember when I was a kid, we had one friend whose name was Circus Boy, and he absolutely hated it. Do you have anybody in the group that hates their nickname? Uh, Dane, do you think, do you, who do you think hates theirs? Well, there's like one guy in particular that's a little like, he dislikes himself enough to want to go by his regular name. But I think the rest of us were kind of, you know, it's just a, a good little character escape. You know, you get to, you get to get in the zone for your show and, uh, and it really helps like a big point of, of having a sense of character in any performance is like, to get out of yourself and uh, into the role is like you have um, a duty to perform like as an entertainer and regardless of what's going on in your life, um, you got to be able to get into the zone and it really helps a lot. Say, you know, you're having a crappy week or uh, this or that, you know, when it's showtime, you kind of, you know, get into that Zen mode, um, and the character just helps you kind of set aside, you know, what, where you might be at and, and allows you to step into this uh, entertaining, uh, high-energy uh, person that, you know, is, is really demanded of you, you know, especially being in a high-energy rock and roll band. Now, you guys just played the Jeep Fest. I imagine you were able to get into that zen zone for your performance. Was it great to be getting back at it? Yeah, it was amazing. We uh, we got to play with uh, a couple acts uh, that are that are pretty well famous around Canada, Dan Davidson and Econoline Crush. Um, and you know those guys those guys were really nice. And you know everybody at the festival was was really really kind. The attendance wasn't quite what we uh, expected it was, but all the bands were so supportive. And uh, with the sun beating down, and you know uh, there's there's still being. Uh, a lot of crowd interaction. It was it was easy to get that that fire back and and have it fueled. Oh, I can uh, imagine. We really noticed like coming out of COVID and uh, into performing live again is the crowd is so excited uh, to have live entertainment again. It's uh, it's a lot easier to get them to come out of their shells and uh, participate in the show. So that's been an absolute plus, especially at Jeep Fest. Yeah, from the pictures you guys had at social media, it looked like people were absolutely into it. And one thing I'm, I want to ask you guys about is you mentioned kind of getting into character. I, I remember when I saw you guys here in Estevan a few years ago now, or a couple years ago now, you guys kind of had like a group look going on. You were uh, rocking like some uh, snakeskin pants and stuff like that. But from your photos, it looks like you guys have gone to just regular trousers for the most part. Yeah, we have, uh, like, we, we still have our bell bottoms and everything like that. It's just, uh, they're, they're not tights anymore. They're actual denim and they're actual corduroys. And, you know, we've kind of, we, we've kind of gone away from the yoga pants and into, into these actual Steven Tyler-esque denim bell bottoms. You know what I mean? Were they yoga pants at the start then? <laughs> yeah, they were. They were tights, my friend. They were tights. It was all a gimmick. Yeah, well, uh, uh, you guys do have like an aesthetic, though, that you really do get across. Now, 
when you started out, you guys were playing a lot of covers. Uh, and I believe when I saw you, like the first time I heard you guys was at one of those Mr. Mike's ball tournaments. You were right across the street from my house. And uh, I was really blown away by the way that you guys, I can't remember. It was an Aerosmith song, I believe, that you had played. And I was really blown away by it. At that point, how many covers were you doing compared to original music? Like at that point, we had uh, just, you know, written, recorded, released, and toured our first album. So we really only had, I think, nine or ten original songs. Um, and we were working on our uh, second album, or at least what we thought was going to be our second album at the time. We never did release that. But um, so, I mean, at that point, we were just starting off. We had you know, ten or so original songs. And, uh, you know, your typical... Uh, night concert it's going to be three four hours so um you're looking at you know 15 to 20 songs an hour <clears throat> um so you got to fill that time you got to fill that space you know with uh with songs and you got to win your audience uh when we first started off you know like you can you can let people know what you're all about by playing music that's influenced the group and uh and went over the audience by playing songs they've heard before you know because um, people like the repetitive nature or something they've heard before, so you can, uh, you can play, a, play a standard hit song that everybody knows, and they sing along, and then they might give, give your music a better chance. But at that point, we were playing, you know, probably <clears throat> 25 cover songs to every uh, five original songs just to make it through those uh, long days. Now, you had mentioned the, the influences. How much of that DNA is actually in your music, say, like when you started to compare to now? Yeah, like, I mean, we're definitely starting to get, like, I wasn't the original bass player. I actually started out uh, just playing acoustic solo stuff, following these guys around, opening up for them, kind of filling in that, that first hour void. And, um, and eventually I got into, into the group, but I, I feel like the group was very, very outlaw rock, Southern rock. And now there's a little bit more of that hard eighties, nine, just a touch of it, just a touch of that eighties, nineties kind of vibe. You know what I mean? I think it's a good mix between, you know, like, uh, Black Crows, Leonard Skinner with like, um, ACDC and, uh, Led Zeppelin. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that, then with the songwriting, is that like, do you guys have a primary songwriter or is it a collaborative effort or is it every member bringing in their own flavor? Or how does that work for you guys? Uh, we kind of have uh, a, not a set in stone process, but as far as, you know, lyrics, melody and progression goes, myself, Taylor here and uh, Ray, we um, we usually bring something to the table, whether it be a set of lyrics or a chord progression or a verse or, you know, maybe a chorus idea. And uh, the three of us will sit down and, and uh, often kind of just flesh it out, uh, take it from, you know, its rawest form and, and put a, you know, put a little bit of our own individual flavor on some parts and, uh, you know, nail down a storyline and, and the basis of the song and just kind of let it grow from there. But I'd say, like, uh, Taylor, Ray, and I, um, we just kind of have the gift of being able to work together uh, in that sense. And, and it's really nice because, you know, say I sit down and I come up with a cool line, you know, it's like, well, what does this mean to me? What does it mean to you guys? And, you know, three, four days into the process, we can have, you know, the whole story and the progressions that flow of the, of the song. So 
it's a really fun process and and it really is a collaborative uh once you get uh you know preston and Dusik, the slide guitar and, and drums in there um their their ideas really help you know fill the song out and uh give it definition and character um so i'd say you know as a whole it is a collaborative collaborative process so you mentioned you've recorded quite a bit the one thing i was really wondering about is you mentioned you do have a very energetic live show how much of that are you trying to get across into the recordings and how much was inspired from your live show or or do you guys usually write while you're recording um it's it's you know you 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 never know when a song is going to come to you right so i mean dana or myself or ray could be sitting down at home you know and just all of a sudden have something in our heads we got to we got to put it down on paper we got to hit record and and move on from from there um now as for um what was the question again bringing the live energy of your live show into your recorded work so it's been hard to find a producer that that can capture that live energy that we have, that live sound that we have. And uh, through Bandwagon Workshops, who is who we are under under management right now, um, they they found a guy who has has been doing it for years and years and years, and he's been capturing bands' live sounds. His name is Garth Richardson. He's done. You know, Alice Cooper, Molly Crew, Nickelback, um, just to name a couple there. And so we finally found a producer that can capture that live sound and and that live energy. And so we recorded those songs with him back in what was that March or April, and uh, and, and we're planning on uh, on releasing that near the end of the year here. Now, with releasing some upcoming uh, music, I wanted to ask you about your Kickstarter campaign that you did. I believe in 2020, you had an ambitious goal to raise uh, quite a bit of money. It looks like you met it. The one thing that really caught my attention, though, was you had one donor that paid, what was it, like $1,500 or whatever, to have their lyrics used in one of your songs. Did that come to actually happen, and were the lyrics uh, pretty decent? So with that one, uh, it worked out pretty good. We it ended up being a, a good buddy of ours who was quite involved in the fundraiser itself, and uh, he operates a music festival called Chilapa Music Festival. So his name is Brian, and, and he had a you know a, a short-lived uh, but fun music career prior to his festival organizing. So he's got about two albums worth of material that he's written himself, and uh, <clears throat> basically our plan is to sit down and review all of his material that he has and compile it together um, into, you know, our form of one of his songs or, or our form of a few of his songs together. And uh, we're going to, once it's written, we're going to track it just uh, a, in demo form. Um, and then when we have the demo, we, we give that to him to use, you know, for whatever purposes he would like to. And in order for us to actually uh, get it, you know, in front of an audience and stuff, it's got to got to make it through a few loops through our management, through our uh, production team. So that's the other thing with this writing process is, um, you know, there's there's uh, probably twenty songs to every five songs that uh, that make it to the audience. There's kind of um, quality control crew that um, is gonna is gonna you know listen through everything that we bring forward and, and let us know. You know, hey, that's going to work great that's not going to work so good you know take that back to the drawing board 
So as far as uh, releasing the song that the donor paid for, that's still up in the air. But uh, as we say with our pal Ryan, you know, with any luck, uh, turns out to be a good song, it'll end up on the album. But we can't promise anything right now. Might be the biggest hit ever. You never know. That's no. right. That's right. Now, with uh, with your songwriting over the last year, did it did it get a little bit of a boost? Was it harder with not being able to uh, perform live and stay tight in that way? No, actually, it gave us it gave us a lot of time to really fine tune our our writing and and you know we 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 became a lot more mature as writers throughout this pandemic because we didn't have the um for lack of a better word distraction of playing live shows every weekend and making sure that we're all good to go for the shows on the weekend um or the two are coming up or anything like that so it gave us a lot of time a lot of personal time to uh sit down take a breath um and just get back into that writing process that that's that started this whole thing off really you know like yeah so that you guys do have uh some help with management and everything else uh do you think this is really gonna give you guys a huge boost coming up here for the next year like do you have a lot of plans for the next year yeah i think i think this next year is going to be you know by far biggest and, and we are very proactive as far as like our business planning i mean like from the get-go um we uh you know we made a business plan kind of our first week and and you know most bands take five to eight years to establish themselves and uh so we, we kind of made a plan and set that in motion but um what we've always done is is we make our our business plans and then we uh chop them in half and say okay so here's what we want to accomplish in five years let's do it in two and a half years and uh that's been how you know we managed to fast track this group you know we're we're just over three years <clears throat> into dead levy here and and um you know we're competing on the level of most groups that uh been together six to eight years and uh you know we're starting to get established and so um i mean what exactly was the question again my apologies what was the question now? Oh, yeah, just like over the next year, you guys, I'm guessing, have some pretty big plans. Like, uh, Oh, yeah, so 100%. Yeah, in the next out. year, uh, we're going to be, you know, releasing uh, a number of singles uh, looking towards our album. We have three songs tracked, and uh, we're just waiting for funding to uh, finish recording the rest. And with things opening up and uh, our management connections, uh, we really do hope to at least have a national tour if not uh some touring abroad um there's opportunity in europe and the united states of course for for rock and roll groups and um i can't see us being any less busy i mean man like we know how to how to be busy so it's it's one of the it's both a blessing and a curse but we know how to how to get her done and keep at it well, yeah, you just want to keep it going. Don't let it slow down. Uh, one thing I want to ask you about, you sent a few tracks over, Make It Mine, Good Life. And the one thing I noticed with both of these songs, I'm going to get you to tell me a little bit about them in a moment, but both of them kind of have like this rock and tambourine section going on, which reminded me of like old Stones uh, records. And I remember when they would play live, they had like this crazy guy that would play like congas and be rocking the tambourine the whole time. Are you guys going to be uh, hiring a tambourine player in the next uh, little bit? Why are you looking for a job or what? 
<laughs> yeah, tambourine player, yeah, maybe. Uh, but no, with those songs, give me a little bit of a, a backstory for each of them, starting it up with "Make It Mine." Yeah, so "Make It Mine" was was actually uh, uh, very Rolling Stones inspired. Uh, the guitar player Ray comes up with his with his uh, you know his hollow body guitar and just starts playing this open G riff. And we're like, oh yeah, this is good. This is real good, and. Uh, and we recorded it actually at the CBC Studio One, uh, and we did it live, just like the Rolling Stones would have done it, right? So it was, it was everything was live off the floor, and uh, and it was just a song that that we knew just had a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of pump, and uh, and we, we we were just excited to 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 record it and and get it out, and it's a, it's one of our favorite songs to perform live too because there's just so much energy coming out of it. Yeah, you could really feel uh, it. With that. And so then with Good Life, what was the impetus for that song? Good Life was, uh, it kind of came from, I believe, uh, you know, the, the riff, the original riff, the bum, 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 And Taylor, that was right when Taylor was entering the group. <clears throat> and he had a major influence, you know, he's just got such good groove on the bass. And, uh, and you know, I remember Ray Ray coming in with uh, his guitar parts there, um, and and the chorus the chorus just like felt so good. You know, I see the sun and I'm on the rock, um, and just touched on those tambo parts. Like I got to put in so like there's uh, there's a man by the name of Chris Demas. He's from Regina, and he he helped us produce and record all of our early stuff. And um, he's got an alter ego. Um, he goes by the name of Tambo Steve, but just about always when when a track's done, you know, we just send send him in for one last session. He's also the drummer for a band called Bleaker. Um, he's quite an acclaimed uh, musician. If you haven't heard of Chris Stevens, I recommend you look him up. But uh, his auxiliary percussion uh, abilities are just out the window, and so he pulls out his little box, a shaker, just a tambourine. You know, locks himself in the room for twenty minutes, and then. Yeah, when you come back and listen to it, the amount of life that you've been put to a song with the uh, tambourine and shakers, those auxiliary instruments really make a huge difference. Well, and that's a good segue into the last thing I want to ask you guys about because the big thing with uh, what I want to do here is highlight what Saskatchewan has to offer for musical talent. And with that, since you guys are in the scene, you have uh, an insider's look at at who's all involved with it. And so I want to ask you, do you, who is someone you would want to give a shout out to from the Saskatchewan scene, whether it's a band or it's a person that you think is just uh, really next level? I'll let Dango first. I mean, I'm just going to do a shout out to like one of my hometown boys. <clears throat> um, this kid, like I think he's about four or five years younger than me, but he was always, you know, right front and center through my high school years and, and uh, in my first two years pursuing music. His name's Braden King, and he always, uh, you know, he, he kind of was just a little shit that followed me around. And then, uh, you know, now he's grown into a man. He's, <clears throat> he's in his early 20s, and um, he's pursuing a solo career, and he's just written, uh, recorded, and released uh, one of his first singles. It's called Bad Night to Be a Beer. It came out on the 16th of July. It's a great song. Um, this kid's uh, got a voice like an angel. Um, he's a very mature songwriter, um, a very talented guitarist, and uh, and he just knows how to make shit happen. So we've actually been uh, bringing him along to a lot of our shows. He's with us. 
Um, he did a Canada Day celebration and fundraiser for Every Child Matters with us um, um, in Tequa Lake, and he's going to be coming with us to Chalapa. But uh, definitely big shout out to Braden King. If you guys have Spotify, congratulations, look him up. Uh, his song "Bad Night Be a Beer" is great, and I was lucky enough to uh, play slide guitar on that track for him, which is really exciting. I mean, all through when I started out, I wanted to be a guitar player. I still want to be a guitar player. I always ended up being a singer and frontman because I just seemed to have the balls to get up there and, and uh, talk to everybody. So it just naturally fell into it. But I did have the opportunity to play slide guitar on his track. And that just made my day. So, yeah, big shout-out to Braden King. And if you guys have a chance, uh, look him up and check out his new singles. For sure. Definitely, definitely. And for me, I've, I've, I've got two. I've got one that's a little bit closer to home uh, that have always been good, good friends of ours and, and have always supported us, uh, and that's Small City Blues. Uh, I I've, have nothing but love for those boys. Um and another band that I came across when we were playing Jeep Fest, they played the midnight hour. Like everybody had gone home and these guys, the band name is Dirty Garden. They're from Saskatoon and Regina. And these guys just know how to play rock and roll. It was some high energy rock and roll. They even threw some ACDC jailbreak in there. And I just, I was very, very impressed uh, uh, with, with how, how their live show was and how much energy they had for the little attendance that was there. Well, that's pretty fantastic. Well, I appreciate that uh, yeah, you're letting me know about these people. I'll try to get a hold of them too. Small City Blues out of Weyburn. They are just pretty fantastic. So uh, yeah, definitely a great route to go down. Now, one last thing before I let you go here. Your social media is pretty impressive. I love your Instagram. You guys have all the nice stuff on there. Uh, it seems like you guys have a lot of ways for people to get a hold of you. What's the best way to keep up to date with what the band has going on? Definitely our Facebook or our Instagram. Uh, both are just at Dead Levy or Facebook backslash Dead Levy. Um, those, those are definitely two platforms that you will be finding any bit of news that you need to know about Dead Levy on. Perfect. Well, Dean Taylor, I want to thank you guys. Uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and if anybody out there doesn't have social media, they can uh, they can find us at officialdeadlevy at gmail.com. If you have uh, an email account, it's just the word official, deadlevy at gmail.com. And you can also contact us, uh, you know, by phone, one three zero six eight nine one six nine five five. I'd love to have a chat with anybody that's listening right now. You're going to get so many used car salesmen calling. <laughs> what did you do, Dane? <laughs> well, I want to thank you guys both for joining me here today, Dane and uh, Izzy, Remington and Izzy. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to rocking your guys' uh, couple songs here on the radio for the next little while. And I look forward to when you release some new music. But yeah, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you so much for having us, Daniel. We, uh, we appreciate yeah, thank you, it. Daniel.